up, NBA fans? We are at around 30 games into the NBA season. We're not quite at halfway, but we are pretty close to December 15th when most of the NBA players who were signed this this year, this offseason, will be eligible to be traded. So getting closer to the trade deadline where some teams might mix it up. Some of these teams who, who could be buyers, could be sellers. And then we also have some teams that maybe aren't quite sure where, who they are at this point, but they could be in the mix here. The New Orleans Pelicans are one of the hottest teams right now as alongside the Memphis Grizzlies. We'll chat about all that and more on this episode of the NBA Second Second Stringers NBA podcast. But before we jump into all that, Sean, you heard about the new NBA awards being renamed. Not new NBA awards, but NBA awards with new names. Michael Jordan, George Mikan, just a few to call out. Um, but, you know, tying the tying the legend to the to the award like a defensive player of the year it's named after Hakim Olajuwon but um there are some there's there's SB Nation here I uh, did a little parody article on three NBA awards that they felt should have been created and named after current NBA stars so I thought it was a pretty well-written uh, little funny article that they did here so I'm gonna have you try to take a guess at which NBA player fits this award? So the first one is they, they you know, this is all parody, but they all felt that there should have been an award created for the biggest flopper. Um, so who, Sean, do you think oh, man. should be, should, who do you think would have the honor of having this award named after them? Oh, man, that's a good one. I like this. SB Nation, I get a shout out to you for this one. Who would be the biggest flopper? <laughs> I kind of want to say Luca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luca's a good one, but I think because Luca is a good player in of his own right, they decided not to go okay. with that name. So they went with Marcus Smart. Mar- oh, that's the a Marcus good Smart one. Award. That's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. I get yeah. That's a good route to go. Him, Pat Beverly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, you could also go Pat Beverly. <laughs> Here's the the second one, okay. uh, an NBA award for the biggest complainer in the NBA. Oh man, I I'm gonna go with LeBron. <laughs> oh LeBron, <laughs> LeBron is a good one too. But I feel like this one, the one that they actually went with, won't surprise you. Uh-huh. It's uh Draymond Green. Draymond Green, sure. Yeah, yeah. I I, I honestly think it could be a tie between those two. But anytime I see a Lakers, I've never seen a foul call LeBron thinks he actually was responsible for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's always, I think the to me, like the top three would be like Draymond Green, Chris Paul, and uh, and LeBron. Yeah, Chris Paul. And Luka. Luka, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Flopping and complaining go hand in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one, this one's really hard, but uh, I think it's really more poking fun at a specific guy or set of guys. Yeah. But uh, the award go- that would go to the player who looked great in off-season workouts, but is actually <laughs> the same player they were last season. That's a fun one. <laughs> oh man, who's who's been underperforming expectations this year? I'm gonna go with Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, yeah. Yeah, that's it. He fits that description, oh, but that's okay. not who it is, yeah. <laughs> because I, I think what this award go into with like was the dude with like who's like constantly on social media mm. and unless you're 
I guess actively following this guy. It's a tough, uh, yeah. it's a tough one to answer, but it's Draymond Andre Drummond. Oh, really? He had good off-season <laughs> workouts. Yeah, I, I guess I don't follow enough Instagram accounts to uh, be on top of that stuff. I had no idea yeah, he tough. had any hype at all. <laughs> yeah, apparently Andre Drummond had a lot of hype. Oh my gosh! Uh, in via his social media post during <laughs> the summer, and uh, as we've seen this year. He's not helping the Chicago Bulls garner any wins. I honestly forgot he was on the Chicago Bulls. I thought he was still on the Sixers <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, those are the three oh, uh, NBA those awards SB Nation if you, is advocating it, Alan, for. Alan, here's a question for you. If, if you could come up with an award, what what do you think would be a fun award to give out? Oh, putting me on the spot here it's it's tough because the flopper one is definitely the, the one i ones. would want to go to yeah that's such a good one. Oh yeah i like that one that's great i don't know man I gotta yeah think. is there any missing categories of of like actual awards that are out there like maybe like a, a i got a one yeah i gotta think there is i'm just like like i still feel like there is a gap between not awarding uh, I guess the most improved player usually covers this, but just a dude who's like, all, you know, within the starting five, but has just really made a big, big jump, and uh, is a key piece to 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 driving a team's win. Like, there's yeah. always the whenever the top you look at the top three teams in every league, it's like yes, they have their star, they have like a defensive stopper, and may and they have a deep bench, but there's always like a dude on in the starting five that's just like killing it. Yeah, maybe it's like the most uh, the most valuable. Oh, that's MVP. But like, well, what about like, uh, who... like the the biggest hustler? You know? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like the best hustler in the league. Like just a guy that mm-hmm. just always gives a hundred percent every night. He's not the best player on the team, but he yeah. is very much a part of the contribution to the winning. Yeah, like I feel like for the Pelicans, for example, you got Zion, you got Brandon Ingram, but like CJ McCollum is like a key piece of that. I would say even more so on that team, like a guy like Jose Alvarado. Or Jose Alvarado, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, I'd give it to like a not star player, and it doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a sixth man. It can be a starter. Like I think that would be a cool award to be like a part mm-hmm. of like the official repertoire of awards. Because I feel like there's there's yeah. a lot of guys like that that don't get a lot of cred. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because they're not quite. Sometimes they're coming off the bench. Sometimes they're not, and they're maybe not quite as you know the sixth man, the best sixth man in the league. But they're a key piece to a winning team. Like I think I think some of these guys should be awarded somehow. Maybe a hustle award. Maybe that's what you call it. Yeah, you kind of <laughs> divvy up. Uh, you know how many turnovers they cause and mm-hmm. uh, how many minutes you know winning percentage. I don't know. You just have to. You'd have to break it down somehow. Oh, but yeah. I think it's possible. Yeah, and you could. Na- yeah, you'd name it after someone like <laughs> I don't know, like Raja Bell. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, Raja Bell. I, I yeah, Raja Bell on the Suns teams was keep was like that guy that mm-hmm. I think comes to mind. Um, yeah, Matthew Delado on some of those cap teams. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well. Jumping in here, December 15th, uh, a time that means that 88% of the NBA players are now trade eligible. Some of these notable names include Danilo Gallinari, Patty Mills, JaVel McGee, Dante DiVincenzo, John Wall, most of the Lakers, (laughs) Kyle Anderson, and uh, Colin Sexton, a big name here. But 
I think it's unlikely he gets moved. But point being is like now is a time for teams who need just a little push uh, to try to make a move here, or teams that are looking to just really he- join in on the tank and the tankathon uh, can do it. Um, so teams most likely to make moves between now and the trade deadline. I think there's three teams here. Mm-hmm. The first one is the is of course so the Lakers. Yeah. Got to put them here. <laughs> they don't own their first round pick. There's no incentive for them to lose. We see they got LeBron and AD who's playing AD who's playing freaking almost MVP oh, level yeah. basketball. Amazing. Yeah, they they got to figure something out. The problem for them is they know most of the league knows they want to be buyers, so I feel like they're just trying to get those two picks from the Lakers. Patrick Beverly reportedly wants out. Woj put an article out there saying that Westbrook is unlikely to be moved. I guess you can take that uh, what as as you wish, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, Sean, do you see the Lakers making any moves? I, I feel like you really have to. I mean, like you said, you don't own mm-hmm. your pick, so there's no reason for you to tank. And I do agree that Westbrook has been playing in a role that makes him valuable to the team, and I don't think he'll be traded. And I, But I can definitely see Patrick Beverly being that one piece that you can move to mm-hmm. actually get a meaningful player back because you're already over the cap space, obviously. Um, and Patrick Beverly, he actually has a pretty large salary still, so he's really the mm-hmm. only player on this roster that you can move where you can get a good player in return that's on at least like a medium-sized contract, a guy like a Buddy Heald, a guy like, <laughs> dare I say it, Kyle Kuzma. Yes, that's the <laughs> name that came to top of mind for me. Dare I say it. <laughs> but yeah. It's possible. Oh, yeah. I Why mean, not? yeah, packaging Patrick Beverly with one of those first-round picks – Maybe you can get some protections out of it if you're the Lakers and you're good at negotiating, but most likely it'll have to be pretty unprotected and you're going to have to convince someone that Patrick Beverly is a good piece to bring on because you're trying to tank. And yeah, I think that's really the only way they can improve their roster. And it, But I think it's a move they're going to have to make. Yeah. The other name that's been floated around is Bojan Bogdanovic, which mm, is... yeah. I think would be a great fit, but it's also one of those trades where it's like, oh man, we're trading for an older I guy know. who's going to be here for a year. Terrible defender, but yeah. he's a good shooter, and that's really all LeBron needs is a good shooter around him. Yeah, and it's like, I'm, I mean, he'll be better than Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. but really, is he a difference maker? And I think that's that's the crossroads that the Lakers are in, or it's or it's like. Are there any difference makers out there in the market right I now? I don't know if you need a difference maker if you're the Lakers. Your your difference makers are LeBron and AD. Like, you don't need yeah. top-end talent. You just need guys. Like, the guys they have mm-hmm. are just barely relevant players. They're replacement-level players. And so you just bring in a guy like Boyan who can put up 20 a game. That, in and of itself, is a difference maker, I think. You bring in a guy like Kyle Kuzma that can give you 15 and 10. Or bring in Buddy Heald, who can jack up seven threes a game. You know, like that's what that's all you need. But are those guys worth two first rounders? They're not worth two. You definitely don't give up two. You give up one. I I think that's Mm -hmm. what you try to get away with. Just one first round pick. These teams are going to take that, I think, because they know that that one Lakers pick is still very valuable, and it only helps them get worse this year to give away mm-hmm. their good players so that they can get a chance at Webb and Yama. So mm-hmm. 
I think that they will take it, but it is going to be a game of chicken. I don't think we'll see that move until very close to the trade deadline. Yeah, I agree. I think this is the only reason it hasn't happened. I feel like this game of chicken has started yep. since, <laughs> since July with some of these teams. Um, yeah. So the other the other team I have here is the Portland Trailblazers. Gary Payton the second is due to come back at some point here soon. But we've talked about this team a few times. Is they're they're in the running, and despite them having what I feel is a very is a strong start starting starting five, but yeah. their bench just feels so weak to me. And at sixteen and twelve, they're they're performing a lot better than I thought they they would. I for sure thought they'd be where the Kings are, fifteen twelve, hovering around five hundred around most of this season. But they've been overperforming despite Damian Leonard being out also a few times this year. So I I could see them being a, an aggressive buyer and trying to get somebody out there to bo- be, just boost up their bench a little bit more. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Blazers are an interesting team because they're not really known for making huge moves, but mm-hmm. they, they have been known to make a few decent moves in the past. And I, yeah, Gary Payton the second, good piece and all, but I, yeah, I agree. I don't think he's that really help that they need. I mean, they have some guys that have potential, like Shaden Sharp. You know, like that guy mm-hmm. can be a good player. I don't. I just. I don't know what sort of timeline the Blazers are thinking of right now. Like, are they trying to win a title like this year, or are they fine just being good and developing some of these guys like Gary Payton and Shaden Sharp, and maybe winning two or three years down the line? Hard to say because I mean, with Damian Lillard, you, you'd feel like you'd be trying to win this season. Um, and I, yeah. I don't really know what they give up too. Um, they don't really have a lot of contracts that they're willing to part with. I, I wouldn't think. Is, is there anything on that roster looking at it from your end, Alan, that you feel like they? I mean, be you able have to move off of? you have Gary Payton the second contract. You have potentially Josh Hart at twelve million. But yeah, I mean, it feels like you'd be giving away players that you want to keep right right now. I mean, you have Nasir Little, Justin Winslow. I don't think you really get much return yeah. for Justin Winslow. He's had basically his, get he's another had his Justice spots. Winslow. Yeah, like <laughs> he's he's played decent <laughs> when, when like Dame was out. He got some extended playing time and he, he had some okay numbers. But yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know if anyone's gonna want him. Yeah, maybe you can hijack Bojan for just for just a first rounder and and be yeah. able to keep all your guys. Um, At that point, they'd probably yeah. take the Lakers deal, wouldn't you think? Rather yeah, just, I would think they yeah. would. Mm-hmm. That's a way, but way more so, valuable pick, for sure. So I think the Blazers. Maybe this is this is what's holding everything up right now. Is teams are waiting to see if the, who, how many picks the Lakers are willing to let go. Oh, of and, definitely. And maybe the trade market will start falling, falling will start flu- flourishing after that. But yeah, I think I think they owe it to Dame to go for it this year. I don't mm-hmm. think they're they'd be a contender if they make a move like a Bojan move or or i don't know if they're if they somehow find themselves in the running for a kuzma yeah um or any of the players that the hornets have because i also think the hornets are going to be should be a seller um yeah yeah. or the U. I mean jordan clarkson i think would be nice but yeah i think that bumps them up that bumps them up a few spots and maybe they land they end up finishing in third and they and you never know maybe you get lucky some injuries fall your way and you find yourself in the western conference finals again Mm -hmm. with damian leonard yeah, I think you make a great point, man. They they do need to try to make a move to keep appeasing Dame and, and help him win as many games as they can. So, yeah, maybe they do end up making some sort of move that, yeah, I just I just don't see what it is. 
But if you could bring mm-hmm. in like a Kyle Kuzma, I mean that that's a big uh, that's a big ask, but that would be a great piece for them, I think. But yeah, I, yeah, they'll have to work some GM magic to make that work because I, I it's not obvious to me. Yeah, the other team is the Miami Heat, currently at fifteen and fifteen, with Tyler Harrell having a near All Star yeah. season. <laughs> Kyle Lowry struggling for this team. Jimmy Butler has only played half of the game so far this year. Uh, this is a team that ranks almost dead last on the offensive end. Um, and they have a Victor Adelipo that may or may not come back. Like this is a team. I don't know. They seem like they need to probably win some games. I don't think they're quite ready to join the, the tankathon, but I think if they're going to make their way back into the top end of the Eastern conference, they probably, they need to make some moves and get Jimmy Butler healthy. Yeah. Like this team cannot afford to tank. This roster is too talented and mm-hmm. in too much of a win now mode with how old Jimmy Butler is and how old Kyle Lowry is. Like they can't afford to tank at this point. And especially when you have Tyler Harrell playing so good, you'd think that, oh, like this is it. Like this is that extra push we needed to get over the hump finally. And yeah, maybe it it really does just amount to Jimmy Butler being healthy. But mm-hmm. the fact that we see guys like Duncan Robinson regress so much and it just completely shatters any notion that they could trade this guy's contract away. That would be the piece mm-hmm. that you'd want to trade away if you're the Heat. But it's still long term. You know, this isn't an expiring deal. So what team is going to want to take on multiple years of Duncan Robinson? Like how much draft compensation is it going to take for to convince someone to take him and give you a good player in return? I just I don't know what that asking price is. Yeah. I mean, Bradley Beal, could they make a run for Bradley Hell Beal? Hell no. <laughs> with Hell Duncan no. Robinson? No Packaging way. Packaging up with all these other young Miami Good luck guys. making those numbers match up, man. <laughs> no way. That would be – no. The Wizards do not want Duncan Robinson. That is just that's, – that's good for nobody's plan. Yeah. For Bradley Beal? Yeah, Westbrook no way. Swap. Oh, man. <laughs> I, maybe if you attach like five first-round picks to him. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe but that would that be a wild a... a wild midseason trade that would be crazy yeah i i don't the miami heat they struggle again they have duncan robinson's deal at 16 million they have victor odalipo's at eight yeah uh caleb martin they have all these deals gabe vince they have some value players in gabe vincent max Struess, who are paid a million bucks here so they can make the numbers work. It's just, does anybody want Duncan Robinson? Does anyone want to take a swing at Victor Olipo? Because he's and Vic, the thing about Victor Olipo too is that he has a no trade clause, so mm. he can basically shut down any trade. Um, Duncan Robinson, on the other hand, again, it's just awful contract, sixteen million, <laughs> and he's still going to get paid in, until twenty twenty five. Man, atrocious. Yeah, he's going to get paid a little more every year too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, gray area teams, teams that are kind of weird. We're not sure what they're going to do, but well, I feel like I know what this team should do. Oh, man. The New Orleans, yep. the the Hornets, mm-hmm. seven and twenty-one. Lamella Ball in and out of the lineup. Gordon Hayward is going to come back at some point here soon. Uh, PJ Washington having a rough year. Miles Bridges is of course not <laughs> not there. 
Um, yeah, some of the young pieces that this team was hoping to really come together this year is not—it's not happening for them. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I feel like this team should just join the Tankathon yeah. and, and start trading. See, see what the market is like for a Terry Rozier and a and a Gordon Hayward. Once you give him a few games to and shows off what he's got yeah. as a healthy Gordon Hayward. <laughs> if if you can make a go- healthy Gordon Hayward, mm. and yeah, it's unfortunate yeah. because you know Lamelo Ball injured right before the season starts, and there's really mm-hmm. nothing you can do to control that. But you know, maybe it is a blessing in disguise for this team that you know it, it's clear that this team is just not very good. You know, like it's yeah. just it, we had Lamelo Ball healthy last year. We had a lot of these pieces healthy last year, and it still wasn't good enough. So maybe getting a high lottery pick is is what this team needs to get into contention. Um, but I've I've actually been thinking about the Hornets since talking about all this trade deadline stuff, and I was looking up and down the roster, and I was like, you know who's getting just an absurd amount of minutes, an absurd amount of shots, and is like outperforming any year he's ever had previous. Mason Plumley? No, Kelly Oubre Jr. Oh, yeah. Kelly Oubre Jr. is getting inexplicable opportunity with this team right now. I don't understand. <laughs> I-, I couldn't understand it for the longest time. Like, okay, he's he's been playing 33 minutes a game for this team. He's started every single game. He's averaging over 21 points a game. And at his peak he- with Phoenix, he was averaging 18. So he's pl- having a career renaissance right now. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Why is Kelly Oubre Jr. becoming the featured offensive player? And you could say, oh, it's just because LaMelo Ball's hurt and Dennis Smith Jr. got hurt and he's just getting the opportunity. But even when LaMelo Ball just came back last game, Kelly Oubre Jr. was still the primary offensive weapon and he still started for this team. I'm like, what the heck is happening? And it's very clear to me that they're artificially pumping this guy's trade value up as much as they can to get as much of for him as they can because he's on an expiring deal. He's going to be worth a lot to a contending team and they'll be able to squeeze as much value as they can out of him with these stats that he's putting up. Yeah. They're, they're like a used car salesman <laughs> where they're really just pumping up the story because if you dig into these numbers though, Kelly Uber jr. Hasn't really improved. No, <laughs> he's just 43%. <laughs> he's still turning the ball over 18 shots a like, game. 18 shots yeah. a game is crazy. He's not their percentages are aren't any better. It's 43 from the field, 32 from 3, 71 from the free throw line, just yeah. thoroughly average. Yeah, if you look under the hood, you'll start to notice that wow, yeah, there was a reason why Kelly Oubre Jr. bounced around the league there for a few minutes. And even on the Warriors, he couldn't fr- no. you know, come into fruition into a better role player. I mean, he's doing his thing, though, so <laughs> I'm not going to hate on him too I... much. But, yeah, I like that observation that they totally are pumping yeah. up the, the trade value here. Oh, yeah. I will be shocked if Kelly Oubre Jr. is still on this team after the trade deadline because there's no other reason, really, to give him this much opportunity. It's, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe this is a guy that Miami Heat could go after. Or, yeah. I don't know if the Portland Trailblazers could make the money work. $12 million's quite... Quite a I bit, mean, it's but... gonna be like it's gonna be just it. it it's a trap. It, it is a trap mm-hmm. because you're gonna look at it and be like, "Wow, Kelly Oubre Jr. Man, he's killing it this year." But then you realize, like, "Oh wait, he's just chucking up a bunch of shots, like Dylan Brooks status. <laughs> like he's not actually that good." But the just because he's playing for one of the worst teams in the league and he's you know 
getting all the opportunity. It makes him look better. So I just hope a team like the Lakers doesn't fall for that trap because they bring in <laughs> Kelly Oubre Jr. over a guy like Buddy Heald or a guy like Kyle Kuzma or a guy like Jordan Clarkson. Uh, I also can't believe we're talking about him coming back to the Lakers. Like that's that's gonna Jordan be Jordan Clarkson wouldn't be bad. No, he wouldn't. That's yeah, not I'll take saying. Clarkson. Oh yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I totally take. That's what I'm saying. Like if they take Kelly Oubre Jr. over any of those guys, they got got. Yeah, I want Bojan. I take. I'd even take Bojan over. Oh Kelly yeah, Oubre. definitely. Yeah, <laughs> he's a total trap. But the Hornets are are setting it, and I think a team's gonna bite, and it's gonna be interesting to see who. <laughs> yeah, I just realized too that Gordon Haywood is still making thirty million this oh, year. Oh yeah, and next year too oh. on a guaranteed contract. I thought this was his last year on that on that <laughs> deal, and I didn't realize. Like I knew the Celtic deal was big, but I yeah. didn't realize. I forgot how big the Hornets deal when they signed him. Yeah, they went all how, in. How, how high up there they went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to move. Yeah, Kelly Oubre Jr., Terry Rozier, probably the guys on the on the trade block. Maybe a Cody Martin. Um. Yeah, Nicholas Batum is still in the league. I didn't even realize yeah, he's on that the Clippers, either. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Batum's still getting okay. paid by both teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just realized that he's still on the salary. Yeah, on the salary cap for for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Wow, Nicholas Batum getting the bag. Get that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, other team. This one's even weirder. This one's even less obvious, I yeah. think, than all of them. Is the Toronto Raptors currently thirteen and fifteen? They have a league average offense. They have a top 10 defense, thanks to guys like Siakam and OG Anobi. I mean, this is just a team that's just got athletes versus and versatility. But when you watch them play and you look at the box scores just day over day for this team, it's really hard to figure out, other than Siakam, it's really hard to figure out what the roles are on this team. You have OG throwing up some good ones. You have Scotty Barnes sometimes coming out, and he's not really quite making the noise that People thought he would this year. Uh, you got randomly like Chris Boucher having a great game. Precious Achua sometimes in there. And you just have all these guys just like doing stuff. Fred Van Fleet and some guys ha- and sometimes they'll have off nights. So the roles are, are pretty hard to define here on this team. It's hard to say who's the second best guy, who's the third option on this team. And uh, I don't know. I think that's kind of biting them here in the butt a little bit and Maybe this is a team that would want to shake it up a little bit if they're going to go for it and try to make a run in the playoffs this year. Maybe shake it up and try to define these roles a little bit more. Get rid of some of these redundant pieces. Or they get rid of some of these guys like Fred Van Fleet. Maybe not OG, but it could happen. And just commit to the tank and and, and commit that that Scotty Barnes is your future and, and just stick more to his timeline and bring Siakam along with you. Yeah, there is a lot of divergent paths the Raptors have here. A lot yeah. of pieces that could go in and out. I, I think, it, yeah, a big part of the reason that they're struggling so much is because Fred Van Fleet is terrible this year. That's true. I mean, yep. this is a guy, he's he's like 30-something percent from, from the field this year and their offense is average because like he was running the offense last year. Like he was a big reason mm-hmm. that they, they were having success. And now Siakam's obviously taken that number one role in the team and he's, he's playing great, but answer me this on can a team win a championship with Siakam as the number one option? They can, I think really not with this roster. I think that, I think Siakam is, is built for this era of basketball. Wow. I've always felt that way, but he had some few off years, but now he's back and 
I like this version of Siakam. Granted, he is 28, so I feel like there are only a few more years left under Which his belt fine, because he is such know? an athlete. Three, yeah. three, three, four more years in his prime is 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 still a good timeline. But I, I'm surprised you think I I do not think that a team can win a title with Siakam as the number one option. I liken mm-hmm. it to saying that the New York Knicks could win a title with Julius Randle as their number one option. I see oh, them as very similar. You see Siakam as similar as a Randle? Yes. He's a better defender. What? He's a better defender. Okay, I'll say I'll say it like this. 2021 Julius Randle. All-NBA Julius Randle. I still think Siakam is better than even that, that version of Randall. Really? Way, way above. That, I, that was all-NBA player right there. That was I, Well, I think Siakam's an all-NBA player this year. Like, I, yeah. think, I think Siakam's mm. playing great. I think he's, he's, a, he's such a versatile piece on the defensive yeah. end. I mean, mm. there's a reason the Raptors won the title all those years ago, too, with Siakam. Like, Siakam was a core piece of that. Oh, I mean, it's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, I, I Siak- am Kawhi. Yeah. yeah, Siakam was good, but and it was it, it was cool to see him really blossom after Kawhi left. I don't know, just some something like I know he's a good player, but I just don't see him as that franchise defining player yeah. that can get you I mean, a title. And I, I feel like, and ultimately, the point I was trying to make is, like, you try to trade him at peak value right now. Ooh. Trade Siakam now. And build wow. around Scotty Barnes. Commit to Barnes. Commit to Barnes. I mean, you could make an argument that part of the reason why Barnes is having, you know, a sophomore slump is just because because Siakam is having such a great one. Well, yeah, I mean. <laughs> like, they're yeah. essentially redundant mm-hmm. pieces in, in a, in a certain, from a certain perspective. Yeah, I, I think that is exactly what's happening. I don't think that they can operate as efficiently as they can being on the same team. And I feel like Scotty mm-hmm. Barnes has more potential than Siakam's ceiling. We're seeing Siakam's ceiling right now. I feel like yeah. Scotty Barnes yeah, the has piece. the ability to be higher. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get more value for Siakam than you are right now. And so I think it's time to switch out some pieces. I think you see what you can get for Van Fleet. I think you can see what you get for Siakam, and you build the team around Scotty Barnes. Yeah, I didn't. I did not. I did not even think about Siakam. I was thinking more. Yeah, OG and Fred Van Fleet definitely um, swapping them out. But the Siakam point is it's interesting. It's bold. It's very bold. Yeah, and it's maybe bold. stupid, but that's that's what my heart's telling me right now. <laughs> we'll see. I think Siakam could win next to a guy like like Luca next to an offensive powerhouse. Like, because I think that's obviously well, the I weakest mean, part of this game. See, that's what I'm saying though. Is yeah. you pair Siakam with Luca. Siakam's not the number one option. You can't win That's if true. Siakam's your number one option. Luka can't win if Siakam's not his number two. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you make something work with Dallas then. That would be yeah. pretty epic. But I don't Ooh, think... you're really mixing it up. I don't... <laughs> see, I feel like Dallas wouldn't have any players to give back that are good enough in that trade. Um, yeah. So maybe you get a three-team going, but... yeah. Dallas yeah. would love to have Siakam, oh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the, the pieces fit. just don't make. Here's a team that does though, the Warriors. Oh, stop it! <laughs> oh no, <laughs> don't do you, that to me, man. You swap, yeah. Throw throw Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, and give him Clay Thompson. Oof. You 
and go get Siakam. That's that's a dangerous warrior team. That would be crazy. Yeah, you got Wiggins, Siakam, Curry, Curry. Draymond. You still got Draymond. Yeah, I like that team. That oh, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, if you can do that, hundred percent, do it. It's just a matter. Yeah, yeah, that it's bold. It's very bold, but you know, it it's honestly at this point I could see it happening. But I yeah. I think yeah if, if if you're the Raptors and you are going to trade Siakam, I wouldn't do it for just picks. Like I would want to get you know like a like an All Star caliber player back, you know someone that just fits around Scotty Barnes better. So maybe Bradley Beal. You know, Ooh, Bradley Beal. Like mm. I think that could be a great fit. Yeah, I just don't think the Wizards would want that back, though. Why wouldn't they want Siakam? I don't think they'd want the picks. A 28-year-old Siakam? I wouldn't want 28-year-old Siakam on the Wizards. Hmm. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps not. Yeah. Anyways, the other piece, another thing to call out for the Raptors is a lot of their bench pieces that they picked up in the offseason have also have had trouble staying healthy. Yeah. Otter Porter Jr., Precious Achua. Uh, who's some of these other guys Thaddeus Young so they've kind of been rolling with this lineup of Siakam basically playing heavy minutes and OG mm-hmm. and Anobi playing heavy minutes too but OG just went down so yeah. they, they, get, they may depth. be looking at some losses yeah their depth has definitely yeah. been well that's been Nick Nurse's style too and I mean this is where we're seeing it really kind of come back to bite him is, is you play mm-hmm. these guys huge minutes they're more susceptible to injury you know, I think I think right. Fred Fleet was playing like forty-two minutes a game or something crazy last year. Yeah. So. Yeah, OG. I think this year has been averaging thirty-eight minutes <laughs> along with Siakam as well. Yeah. And they both went have gone down, so they might be on, headed on their way to collecting more losses than wins. I mean, they're on a three-game losing streak, so mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see which way they, yeah, they end up. Yeah, that would be I, interesting. I, I do see a move in play for them, though, for sure. I don't know if it'll be yeah. that big. I don't know if they have the guts to pull off a Siakam trade that works for them like I'm thinking but I would love to see it yeah so real quick just and then we can move on because yeah. we actually chatted a lot about them yeah Raptors. we did <laughs> <laughs> who are you are you leading are you you think they should be a seller or a buyer I think like I said I think they should be a seller but they're not you're not selling for picks you're trying to still mm-hmm. win in the next two or three years yeah I think they should be. I think they should be buyers. I think trust in the core. Get one more piece. See what you mm. can get with for, for Fred Van Fleet. See if you can get a little bump, a little boost from something else, and uh, and see what you can do in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what, last team Wizards eleven and eighteen. I think they came out of the gates pretty hot. Bradley Beal just got hurt. Christopher uh, Zingas is hurt. You got Kyle Kuzma. You mm-hmm. got Will Barton. You got all these pieces you got Rui Hashimaru as well young piece uh it doesn't none of these pieces look like they're promising for this team I think in terms of like actually doing much in the next few years so I think they should just start selling yeah Yeah. sell the lot I mean I think I feel like they'd like to keep Kuzma you know Mm -hmm. if it's a friendly enough deal for the team but I think ultimately he's gonna want quite a bit more than the Wizards are willing to uh pay him so yeah, they'll they'll probably move him before the trade deadline, is what I'm thinking. They don't want to yeah. lose him for nothing. Um, Porzingis might be tougher though because I mean he still has that player option for next year at 36 million dollars. I'm not sure how many teams are going to want to take that for next season. 
that'll be pretty tough to sell. I mean, he's been playing great. You know, he just got hurt, which is super unfortunate, but he, he was actually having a really good run to start this season and looked like the player we all knew and loved. But yeah, if he's going to continue to get hurt and if it's shaky the rest of the season, it's, it's going to be a tough sell. Yeah, Kyle Kuzma, $13 million. Guess who else is getting paid close to $13 million? Pat Beverly. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> That's a clean swap. It's a clean swap. <laughs> and one, yeah, one other get... team that I want to mention uh, that we don't have on here is the Pacers. Oh, yeah. The Pacers is a good one. I forget that they're actually playing pretty decent. Right. At so least their record is right yeah, now. Yeah, it makes you wonder. It's like... Are they actually going to be like the big time sellers we thought they were, where they're just going to offload Turner and offload Heald? You know, it it it's interesting because uh, yeah, maybe they're going to be buyers. You know, maybe they're going to look for pieces instead of draft picks. We'll see. I think they're getting to that crossroads soon because they're over the last ten. They're four and six. Yeah. They're fifteen and fourteen. Tyrese Halliburton just went down. He just came back. So though. these next, or did, did, oh, he, did just he just came get back? injured like yesterday? I thought he got injured. Oh, did he? He may he may be back. I missed that. Um, either way, the point being is they aren't their moment the momentum they had at the start of the season isn't quite there. So maybe they are about to turn into the team that we all thought they should have been. Yeah, I mean, them and the Jazz have continued to overperform, but I mean they just they have we'll some see. good pieces right now that are all just playing really well together. Maybe they feel mm-hmm. like they're only like one star away from really actually competing here. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. So big deal of forgetful. Um, Steph Curry out with a labrum injury in his left shoulder considered week to week. Big deal of forgetful. Uh, I'm going to go with big deal because this warrior team was <laughs> only now starting to spark up some momentum. They're five and five. Obviously, have a killer record at home, twelve and two. Wow. But your main star is now out for the next few weeks. Yikes! I think this team is going to suffer because I'm not sure I trust Jordan Poole to hold the keys as your number I one mean, option here. But these are going to be your primary ball handler. <laughs> we've seen Jordan Poole be able to step into the moment over the last couple of years when he's needed to. This could mm-hmm. honestly be the extra motivation Jordan Poole needs to get his groove back because we really haven't seen it yet, but he's going to have to be that guy now and we know he's capable of it. And so maybe this gets him out of his funk. Yeah, we'll see. December is always just a tough month for, for teams. It's like once now you're deep in the grind. In yeah. The, middle of the, year, like, <laughs> the end is not see. in sight yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, and the, the excitement from the start of the season has like kind of faded off at yeah. this point. So mm-hmm. we'll see where they are. Big deal of forgetful Pelicans have now taken. I had the number one seed, but they just lost to the Jazz in overtime. So they're now the number two seed in the west and the memphis grizzlies are number one both led by their by the former high school mm-hmm. teammate zion and john morant the pelicans are top five in offense and defensive rating these are the makings of a of a true nba contender falling top five in both those categories and being led by an all nba top five player i think zion has already been, has already reached that point at least right now considering how he's been playing over the last few weeks so sean are, are the pelicans officially a contender or are they just having a lucky 
set of weeks here. Oh no, this is a big deal, my friend. This, I mean, <laughs> they have been playing fantastic basketball, and Zion is finally the player that everyone dreamed of. And now mm-hmm. we're getting that, you know, Memphis and Pelicans at the top, man. Zion one, mm-hmm. John Morant two. I mean, this this is crazy. The fact that these draft picks have panned out so well for their respective franchises and just completely changed the scenario for both of them. And, I mean, the Pelicans are at this number two seed without Brandon Ingram for a good portion right. of these last few weeks. And, and he's slated to come back maybe the next week or so. Once they get him back involved, I mean, they, they're just going to have so much offensive firepower, and it's just it's crazy. And it, they're such a good team to root for, too. Like, everyone wants to see them succeed. So I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. It's a big deal. They are contender. Yeah, I, I agree. I did not see this coming. I think even at the beginning of the year, people didn't really talk about the Pelicans, and now all of a sudden, the last few weeks, they've really turned it up yeah. i'm not even sure if they've turned it up they've just kept doing what they've been doing and all the other western conference teams have really are the ones that have started falling off the blazers mm-hmm. the jazz the suns and it's the pelicans who are still there uh yeah they got a cool they got a good bench and um brandon ingram has, has only played 15 games so far so about half of the game yeah. for the pelicans so there's still a lot more uh, a lot more headroom for this team to improve too the second point, Kate Cunningham having a season-ending oh. surgery on his left shin. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> Stab to the heart for my NBA fantasy team. Oh. I mean, so I'll, I'll go. Big deal for my NBA fantasy team. <laughs> but deal. I think overall it is forgetful. Like, this doesn't appear to be, like, any type of worrisome injury in terms of it being chronic. Like, I think maybe Kate Cunningham just went a little too ham in the offseason. <laughs> didn't do enough i don't know and these things could these things just happen but i think this dude's still gonna come back and have a solid nba career yeah i agree and it's only gonna help the pistons tank so you Mm -hmm. know another shot to bring in another difference maker yeah with bojan lighting it up the way he is (laughs) they needed some help to to lose some games (laughs) for real (laughs) yeah robert williams set to return for the celtics lineup this friday Big dealer, forgetful. Big What do you deal. think, Sean? This is terrifying, man. Like, they were <laughs> supposed to be... They had all this drama in the beginning of the year with Ime with Udoka, and Robert Williams is injured, and, and this new guy comes in, and now there's the best team in the NBA without him. And now they're just yeah. inserting him, just airdrop him in. It's not like they need to, like, figure things out with him. Like, they've already played plenty with him they know how to play with robert williams and now you have jason tatum jalen brown playing at all nba levels it's oh man they might not lose another game <laughs> <laughs> i agree it is a big deal i mean during this laker game they they don't have anybody that matches up well with ad but it was still no problem for this team to just do their thing just play strong team defense and now you get a guy like robert williams who's another chess piece Oh, yeah, this is going to be scary come playoff time. I'm going to say it right now. This championship this year is the Celtics to lose. That's what I'm saying right now. The the, the West is so open, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of inexperience at the top with Memphis and the Pelicans, and the Celtics are just so locked in. It's theirs to lose. Yeah, I have a funny feeling that the championship might come out of the East. You got... The Celtic core and the Milwaukee core. Yeah. The Cavalier core is playing really well, but 
really the Celtics and Bucks just have it's been at it two. for so many years mm-hmm. now that it just feels like the Celtics more than the Bucks are starting to really peak. Yeah. Uh, with everything fitting together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The other one, last one, Gordon Hayward set to return for the for the Hornets. We have already talked about the Hornets quite a bit, but I think it's uh, forgetful. I think Gordon <laughs> Hayward comes back, plays a little good basketball, but ultimately I think the Hornets are selling are selling pieces. They're going on clearance sale, so I don't think <laughs> yep. it will make much of a difference here. Yeah, really excited to see what they get for Kelly Oubre. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Gordon Hayward forgetful. I mean, we all know it's a limited time only. <laughs> yeah for sure hot teams brooklyn nets four game winning streak they've won eight of their last 10 <sighs> the whole squad is back joe harris ben simmons Kyrie irving kevin durant of course still doing his thing this is a team we didn't bring up too about potentially making making moves here maybe making a swap for joe harris or maybe. swapping out steph curry for something stronger i feel like they're happy with what they got you know like they all they're just like finally healthy mentally healthy for all i know <laughs> and uh tj getting tj warren back i i forgot yeah. they even signed him and they're like oh yeah tj mm-hmm. warren's coming back i'm like wait really like i thought this guy was gonna go zero dark 30 jonathan isaac status and <laughs> no here yeah. he is he's back he's playing he, he's actually put up some some decent numbers off the bench for them uh after only a few games and and it's cool to see uh that they're they're finally you know looking like they could try to contend again. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want to get fooled again, but <laughs> this team's a lot easier to root for than I think the the previous teams were. So if, if they get back in the mix, I'll, I'll be entertained. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, there's a lot of season left, so there's definitely time. Time is on their side yeah. for sure at this it's 17 point. 17 and 12 right now. It's a good record. I like it. Orlando Magic, four-game <laughs> winning streak, finally getting their guards back. Markel Fultz. But Cole Anthony, man. Cole, Cole Anthony's Anthony. Cole Anthony's solid. He's doing <laughs> it. He's got this team pumped. He's he's like he's the emotional energy of this team. He just like loves it. Every time he gets a win, he's posting on social media and stuff. Oh yeah. I like it. I remember last year, God, I think it was like their fifth win of the year that put him at like five and ten or something pathetic still. <laughs> but like Cole Anthony was fired up. He he had just had like a big game and he's like, Everyone's counting us out. And you know, it's it's cool to see him be so passionate when, you know, everyone else is like, Oh, you guys are you know, you you suck. But yeah. they're on a, I mean, kind of to their dismay, they're on this four-game winning streak. They were in great contention for those top lottery odds, and now they've kind of taken mm-hmm. themselves out of that. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. But, it's, hey, you know, I'm sure for, for them having this win streak is a big deal for them, so I'm happy for them. Yeah, and they might get Wendell Carter Jr. back at some point, and that's going to be an added added plus to their roster as well. Yeah. Uh, Paulo Banchero looking good. Probably going to win rookie of the year pretty mm-hmm. easily. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't think of another Bull guy Bull. Who's, who's in Bull Bull. Yeah, dude. Bull Bull's not second. No, he's not a rookie. He's, he's not, not a rookie, rookie, but he's like yeah. essentially played as much games as a rookie, you know, like yeah. he's, he's been great. Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess I meant second in terms of like rookie of the year race. Who's, oh who would yeah. Be that second? Oh, it'd probably be like Matherin. Yeah. Yeah, Jalen Ivy had some Jane good Ivey, games for yeah, the yeah. for a little bit. I feel like Matthews yeah. contributed more to win, or like Walker Kessler. He's had some yeah, big Walker games. Kessler. Yeah, it, it's, it might just be it's a runaway. It's a runaway for Ben yeah. Caro though. Yeah, 
Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, seven-game win streak. Uh, they got Jaron Jackson Jr. back. They lost Jaw for a few games, and it didn't seem <laughs> to matter at all. Nope. They don't. They still don't have Desmond Bain. Yeah. And they're still just, like, doing their thing. Just every guy playing their roles. They have Zaire Williams back, who had a couple highlight, highlights in some of these games. Like, dude, this team's just having fun right now. Just recaptured the number one seed. And again, yeah, they're just they're just having fun clobbering the Bucks, one forty two to one hundred one. <laughs> yeah, absolute destruction. I don't care if Drew Holiday wasn't there; he wasn't helping them tonight. Like Memphis was mm-hmm. unstoppable. They're just such a well constructed team, such a well coached team, up and down the roster, up and down the staff. It's it really is a thing of beauty. I mean, and they just have these guys that overperform on a night in night out basis, like like Santi Aldama, like Brandon Clark, just so many guys mm-hmm. off the bench that just get it done for them and, and make sure that any lead the starters get continues to be maintained. And then when the starters are out, they like Tyus Jones is probably the best backup point guard in the league, hands mm-hmm. down. And yeah, it's just yeah, they're they're playing beautiful basketball. Yeah, and we both had questions about the the move to you know to trade DeAnthony Melton and stick with uh, Tyus Jones as being their backup yeah. point guard, and it seems like not much was lost from that from that <laughs> swap as much as we thought it would. Yeah, they they continue to make trades where I'm like, like back when they uh, made the Valanciunas trade, I was like, really, you mm-hmm. trade Valanciunas for Stephen Adams? That ended up working out pretty well. And now the same thing mm-hmm. with Melton, and, and they get this guy David Roddy that comes in, and he's he's been a good contributor too, and. You know, they, they haven't missed a beat. The one thing that's great if you go to Memphis is, like, if you if you put your warm-up gear and you're on the bench, you're probably going to still play that <laughs> oh, game definitely. as far down <laughs> the bench as you are. Because this team runs 10-man deep, 11-man deep yeah. on some nights. Like, it's it's just what they do. They yeah. just they find contributions from everybody. And you blow out teams like the Bucks. You're, you're getting that for, whole fourth quarter yourself, you know. You get that garbage time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, sinking teams, the Phoenix Suns, Ooh. five game losing streak. They dealt with injuries to Devin Booker as well as uh, Chris Paul. So, so the mighty Suns uh, are on a, on a bad streak right now, but I wouldn't think it's too big of a deal. I'm sure they'll find their way back. Yeah, they just got Devin Booker back tonight, um, and they were able to dismantle the Clippers pretty handily without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, mind you. Uh, so that was a little mm-hmm. bit of a freebie, but the other bad news for them is that DeAndre Ayton just went down with an injury in the previous game. So they just can't get all their guys back fully healthy. Um, you get Chris Paul back, you lose Devin Booker. You get Devin Booker back, you lose DeAndre Ayton. Uh, so it's been a t- tough streak for the Suns. I think they'll bounce back at some point in the season, but um, they really need McCall Bridges to play better. Um, he's been going yeah. through a bit of a slump lately, uh, 35% from the field in the month of December. Um, it's yeah, pretty bad. So hopefully they can get some better play out of him now that they got their guards back and he maybe won't have to uh, contribute as much on the offensive end and can go back to being more of a spot up shooter and occasional drive to the rim. But, uh, yeah, just, just a tough run for Phoenix. He had a, he had, he had a good game tonight, 27 points, there six rebounds. Yeah, so he's he's fine. He's finding his groove. But <laughs> Nothing like going up against Suns... Marcus Morris to get your offense back going. <laughs> yeah, the one thing about the Suns though is they got themselves a heck of a tough schedule for the rest of December. Mm-hmm. They got the Pelicans Ooh. next, the Lakers soft spot. Sure, I'll give you that. Wizards soft one, but then they got the Memphis twice. They got the Nuggets. 
uh, and then they close it off with the Wizards. So there's huh. some, there's some tough games there. That's tough, yeah. The, I'd, I'd argue the Lakers aren't aren't a gimme anymore. Yeah, yeah when AD we'll when AD is playing like this, it's it's never a gimme. Yeah, especially with no DeAndre Aiden to help them out. Yeah, could be yeah. could be a good game. Uh, yep, Washington Wizards eight game losing streak. We've talked about them too. Bradley Beal going down. Uh, this team has only won one game since <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving. <no. laughs> That's one oh, thing too. Is they've been on a they've been on a tough losing streak, and they've lost a lot of core pieces too, uh, like Will Barton, Rui Hashimuru, and obviously Przingis and Bradley yeah. Beal not going now now also out. Like, yep, yeah, really. They're slowly gonna start playing some of those guys that are way at the back of the bench. Really steering to blow up mode. Really got to reset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other team is the Minnesota Timberwolves lost seven of their last ten. Carl uh, Anthony Towns is out for quite some time. Uh, and the fit, I thought once Cat goes out, this team is going to find a new identity led by Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert doing his thing on defense, and D'Angelo Russell finding his way in there. But it just hasn't materialized yet for this team. And you got to hope that maybe... Hopefully the spirit of this team isn't broken <laughs> yet. At thirteen and fifteen, three and seven over the last ten, like this is rough for this for this yeah. franchise. It, it, it's really ironic to see the Utah Jazz ahead of them in the standings by a considerable margin too. When you think yeah. about all the picks that they gave them and giving them one of their best players and taking one of their best players, and it's just absolutely been a disaster and obviously cat going down to, isn't something you can foresee but you would foresee mm-hmm. like you said anthony edwards stepping up he, he's averaging the same amount of points as he did before the injury <laughs> and it's just it's it's kind of baffling but i mean the one person that has kind of benefited from cat being gone is d'angelo russell because he was yeah. struggling mightily with the, with the starting lineup with cat and gobert but he's averaging 26 points a game in December on 57% from the field, 47 from three. So his offense has really started lighting up, but yeah. there's no other help there. They traded away all of their depth. And when you lose a star player, there's no one to really fill back in. There's, there's not enough depth there. Yeah. And they've had a hard time really finding who's get, who's the big man that gets swapped in when Gobert goes to the bench. They've been trying to play around with lineups with, Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels, but Tarim Prince is maybe your next Oof. guy. Like, there's just no, no there's no names in here. No. It's just, it's a rough one for for the Timberwolves right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, D'Angelo Russell's playing as well as he has, but just hasn't yeah. resulted in wins. Anthony Edwards is going to have to step up, man. That's really the answer here. He's he's going to have to become the face of this team. Right now, D'Angelo Russell's doing that, so yeah. he's he's got to figure. And you got to wonder if. If it's in Anthony Edwards at this point, if there's any point in continuing to ask for it, because I feel like we would have already started seeing it over the last few weeks. But you think he doesn't have that? He doesn't have that dog in him. I don't know. I that's why I'm like almost scared to mm. say that. Like, has this team, you know, lost its spirit? Like, are wow. they? Do they need to make a trade just to mix things up in this? They've locker already room? traded as much as they can. They can't go bare. That's <laughs> it. They don't have anything else. Yeah, I guess you could shop D'Angelo Russell, see oh, what you could get. The from one that. guy that's playing well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. You know, don't want to do it. You definitely don't want to do know. it. It's tough. They just gotta find that find it within themselves. That they have they have nothing to tank for. They gotta just try to win games. 
Yeah, see if you can still repercuss some some wins once you get um, cap back. But it's tough. 16th in defensive rating, 21st in offensive Ugh. rating. Like you would think the Gobert trade would have really boomed, bumped you up, but it just hasn't really kept them in the top 10 at all. Yeah, it's really rough. We'll see, yeah. yeah. We'll see. I don't have a lot of confidence in them right now. I don't either. I think what we're seeing right here is what this team is. I don't Damn. see there. Utah being got stuck. away with highway robbery. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how this works out. Uh, best performances, Jokic. I'm surprised we've, this is the first time I'm seeing him. I don't on this really list, include but... him a lot because he's always so good. But well, yeah, we could easily have him here. This every is an week. especially good stat line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to break this one down, Sean? Yeah, I mean. The big man going 17 of 20 from the field for 43 points, 14 rebounds, only eight assists. <laughs> but to top it off, five steals in a win versus the Wizards, just absolute dominance. And and this this is what we're used to seeing from Nikola. Um, so mm-hmm. one, I mean, he just puts up such good numbers every every night for the last three years. You get numb to it, but this is one where you're just like, holy hell. This guy is yeah, just yeah. freaking good. The other thing to call on, I'm surprised we are like so numb to this now, is that the Nuggets dropped 141 points yeah. in this game. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the Wizards, to be fair. But, yeah, yeah it's it's super impressive. Just no mercy. <laughs> <Going. laughs> well, I was like, the Memphis Grizzlies tonight against the Bucks. they put up 140. Yeah. It's... That's just the NBA of today. It's yeah. crazy touching the 140s. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Tyler Harrell, 13 for 20, uh, 10 for 15 from three, career high, 41.6 rebounds in a win against the Rockets. Uh, first in NBA history with nine threes on consecutive days. Is it safe to say Tyler Harrell has locked in his his all-star appearance? No. Sean, you think? He has not locked in his all-star appearance. And it's crazy to say because like he, he's put up some really good numbers, but mm-hmm. he's still a bit inconsistent. He has he has nights yeah. where he's cold, and the Heat are like what we were talking about before. They're a five hundred team basically, and mm-hmm. that and he's not even the best player on his team. I, like Jimmy Butler would still get in the All Star game over him. Bam Adebayo yeah. would still get in the All Star game over him. So yeah. I don't think he's a lock for the All Star game. I, I actually still think he's an outside shot, but. He's, shot. he's been playing very well. He's a good player, but he's not quite there yet. Yeah, there's some good guards in the league. You got Donovan Mitchell. What you got? Who else? You got Tyrese hey, Halliburton, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown. Yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of good guards still. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he gets there. James Harden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tyrese Maxey if he comes yeah, back in time. Drew, this... Drew Holiday. Yeah, there's too many in front of him. Mm-hmm. But there's Garland. Yeah, maybe. I I'm actually maybe he, Garland's had a pretty rough year. Um, yeah, so I, I might give Harold the nod over Garland, but I mean, got gotta call out history when history is made with with Harold here with these with this three point shooting craze he's going on right now. Like, dude's balling. Yeah, the other guy here is man. I I just like cannot believe this guy's having the year he's having because <laughs> I wanted him to have this year last year and he didn't have it for me. Jaron Jackson Jr. Yep. finally having his breakout year. Last year, he was like unanimously voted as the guy by all NBA GMs most likely to have a breakout season. Mm-hmm. And he had a good one last year. But now he's like, this is the year, mm-hmm. it seems like, where he's really going to take a leap forward. And 24 minutes, 15 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and 
really the notable is eight blocks <sighs> in the win against the Hawks. And the Hawks are a good team. They're a good offensive yeah. team. So to just prowls over them defensively like this is mm-hmm. uh, quite the achievement. Almost that that triple-double, but with blocks <laughs> in there. Crazy. And this is in 24 minutes, too. If you gave him a full 30, he probably would have gotten there. <laughs> yeah, that's very possible. Uh, yeah, so big reason why the Grizzlies are second or first in the West right now. Yeah. Worst performances, Draymond Green, <laughs> 27 minutes, 0 for 3, 1 point, 2 rebounds, 3 assists, and 6 turnovers. And, it, and the man <laughs> adds a cherry on top by getting himself ejected. <laughs> Against the Indiana Pacers. Oh, man. I feel like Draymond Green is a pretty routine member of the worst performances of the week club. He just He's so capable of just having terrible games just so often. Yeah. And, and this, man, this was a especially bad one because of the ejection. And you lose to this Pacers team that, like, you know, really shouldn't be winning these games. But, yeah, he just lost his cool and typical Draymond Green fashion as he does. And, <laughs> man terrible terrible game yeah you can't blame him though just like going out there and putting up a stinker a stinker like that uh next guy tyrese halliburton a surprise yeah. one for this considering the year he's having but 33 minutes 0 for 9 1.3 boards six assists and two turnovers and a loss against the miami heat yeah you're gonna lose that game when your number one guy gives you zero <laughs> production like this. Yeah, easily his worst game of the season, and otherwise, I I don't think he's had a single bad game outside of this. Like, and he bounced back the next night and had a really good game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very very surprising to see that performance from. And, yeah, and here we go. Here's another guy that's gonna get an all star nod over Tyrell <laughs> Harrow is Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, the the guy's just playing out of his mind. Yeah, I would love to see what the plus or minus was in this game for Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> I, like I'm guessing it was good. pretty bad. I'm sure the whole team had a pretty bad plus minus when Halliburton's playing like this. Yeah. Uh, Chris Middleton, 1 for 12, 3 points, 2 boards, and 5 assists, and 4 turnovers with 5 fouls in the loss tonight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, it happens. It's that 82 <laughs> game season. He's having a tough time uh, coming back. I think. Yeah, he, I didn't realize he he lose so much after the injury he had that he sustained in the playoffs, and I thought mm-hmm. it was enough time. I didn't think it was like anything like oh he'd need like so much time to reacclimate, but it seems like he does. Um, seems like he's just not in game shape yet. Yeah, I mean, he had a good game against the Warriors a few few nights ago, mm-hmm. but I just think maybe it is the whole just getting back into the groove of the season, especially a tough matchup like uh, Yeah, I mean, like Memphis. The, the, yeah, Memphis has so many good defenders. And, yeah, I think for Chris Middleton, maybe it'll take him another 20 games to get his legs back underneath mm-hmm. him. But I'm, I'm not very worried about him. But he has been putting up some stinkers to start out uh, on his return trip here. Yeah, definitely. Uh, final thoughts to close the, to close, to close the podcast out. New names for the NBA awards. We talked about this to start the podcast, but Michael Jordan getting the MVP award, Jerry West getting the NBA clutch player of the year, uh, Hakeem, the magic getting the defensive player of the year, Will Chamberlain rookie of the year, John Havlicek with six man of the year and George Mikan with most improved player of the year. Uh, I think a really awesome gesture. I think this was a long time coming uh, just to add some more magic to to all these to all these awards but uh i wanted to extend the question sean do you do you think there's any controversy with any of these names do you think there's anybody <laughs> who 
maybe was left out that maybe should have had an award? I don't think. I mean, there's just so many great players in the history of the NBA. You can't really say I can give an award or name a trophy after all of them. And I think yeah. these names are pretty hard to argue with. Y- y- yep. Like, who's who's going to say Hakeem Olajuwon doesn't deserve a trophy named after him? Who's who's going to say Will Chamberlain doesn't deserve to have a trophy named after him? Like, yeah, there, there's no argument here. You, you could try to be petty with it, but it, it's just, you know, these are all-time greats. Like, pioneers yeah. of the game, y- you can't really argue against it. Yep. The only one that I saw on Twitter that I was like, hmm, I could see that one being a little controversial. Mm-hmm. Is the MVP award going to Michael Jordan versus uh, potentially going to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I could see I could see Jabbar having a, a strong argument for sure. there. I, I, there's, I think there's a lot of players you could argue, but like Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan, you know? Like, good, yeah. good luck taking the MVP award from Michael Jordan, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a rough one. It's a it's a tough one for sure because it comes it comes down to very subjective things in in, in a way because there's difference of eras, difference of yeah. different people growing up in different generations. But either way, I think it's a it's a great gesture, and uh, I'm excited to see this. I'm also excited to hear the conversation of who gets Clutch Player of the Year and whether people agree with it or not. Like that one seems like the more like it's very arbitrary, kind of. Yeah. 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 Like how, what are you going to determine clutch by? Is it like the last like, minute? Is it a few minutes in the fourth? Or is it only in close, you know, in notable games? Yeah, that's going to be one I'm, I'm going to have to think about a lot too because I feel like the rest of these I could name someone that I think is going to win it like today, like if I was had mm-hmm. to decide today. But for clutch player, yeah, I'd have to really think about that one. That's something when we get to our like half season award predictions, that's that's gonna be one that'll be interesting to, to, to predict. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I think that's all. Thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, don't forget to check us out week in and week out. Yes, sir. Have a good week everybody.